Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. It is really good to be back with you today. If you didn't notice, we did take a break for a couple of weeks, and uh, we've had some schedule issues with travel and and whatnot that uh, demanded us to take a break. And I know I said at the end of our part two of Worldview uh, that next week we'll talk to you. Well, we didn't talk to you next week, but we are back now, and uh, we do apologize for that. But just happens. It just had to take a break. And um, but what we are going to do is we're going to round out our discussion on thinking. We're going to close out this issue, and we hope you enjoyed um, our guest Christian Barry and our two-part series on worldview. If you haven't heard that, we encourage you to go back. I just encourage people to listen more than once. I've listened to it twice. Yeah, absolutely, it's not. It's worth going back over. Well, and and it really comes down to this. Um, what we're going to talk about in these next two weeks is really going to play off of that as we wrap right. up this issue. Some ideas as I listen. Yeah. Yes, as we talk about thinking and, and wrapping those up. Um, and, and, and regarding worldview and our thinking over the next couple of weeks, that's just going to really have a lot to say on what we talk about over these next couple of weeks. And there's more about living your worldview. That's what we want to really finish out and round out with. What happens when you... Right, Begin so fleshing it. out your worldview. If if you're thinking biblically and developing a biblical worldview, then the world and others will ask questions. Uh, why do you live the way you live? Why do you think the way you think? Right. What drives what you do? So we're simply going to talk about asking questions. We think asking questions are a good thing. So it's important to ask questions. Also. Do you know how to ask questions, or can you respond to questions yeah. you know, that are being asked to you? Um, so let's just jump right in here. Um, the first thing is, a lot of times people are encountering questions. So it's not so much something that you're asking. You know, I'm not asking a question, but someone's coming to me and asking me a question. Why do you live this way? Why do you think about God this way? Why do you believe in a God? Um, I think you're nuts, you know, whatever, right. you know. It, so when we're encountering those questions, how do we approach those? How do we think through those even in the midst or prepare ourselves before it happens? Yeah. I remember what Peter said when um, talking about interacting with the world, and he says, um, be ready always to give an answer to those who ask you a reason. For the hope that is in you, be ready to give a, a logical, reasonable response. And we're going to encounter questions if we live <laughs> in the world. I mean, Whether, well, and and I think we live in a culture now where everything's being questioned, right? For the worse, and so so I or for not for the good. I Anything should say. traditional has been. So I think a lot of times we think of questions as just destroying traditional values, but we're maybe define just a little bit about. Before we move into how to encounter questions, define what we mean by the the idea of people asking questions, and we think that's okay. I think that might help our listeners. Well, I'd, I think it's always okay to ask questions. You know, I, I I think there's a tendency for us to think of questions as personal. Hmm. You know, so something that someone has pursed something personal against us. Uh, so we can't So it's be, more of an attack. Yeah, we can't be we Christians are, yeah. with a chip on our shoulder. Mm. You know, when it, that's a ten, I I was 
and a, as a young Christian, immature, but wanting to stand for truth, I can remember having that sort of, you know, I was just waiting for somebody. This was mostly in a liberal Christian school setting, but I was just waiting for somebody to say the wrong thing. Right. You know, just something. and uh, Or take everyone to task. Yeah. So um, we should relish encountering questions. So if I, if I hear a question, whether it's from a Christian or a non-Christian, atheist, believe it or not, somewhere in between, I should be like, this is an opportunity. Right. And questions are an opportunity. You know, I I've, may have referenced this book before, but I told you about it and some others. And I can't remember the author, but it's called the – I think it's called The Eight Powers of Questions. And uh, it's not necessarily written from a Christian point of view, but uh, we need to see questions, yes, as opportunities. Yeah, Because I think in our society, civil discourse has become rare. Right. Um, there's there's a sense in which I got to win the argument. Right. And I got to I got to convince you. And, and I remember what Christian was talking about, and I think it was in part two, that – um, I don't have to win the argument. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. I don't have to right. um, just necessarily be right all the time. And it's, But it's not about winning an argument because you can't change people's hearts. It's about giving a compelling argument it, and then realizing that the Lord has to change their heart. It's about the interaction mm-hmm. that the Spirit of God will use to make the point to the heart of a person. Okay, so questions are good. We're asking questions, but we're talking about um, encountering questions. What are the questions that we might encounter? But Who are the people that we might encounter? A couple of sources for questions. Basically, you know, there are two kind of people in the world, lost and saved, you know, converted, unconverted. But when it comes to questions, they're, um, they're, we could first come from the cynical you know, people can ask questions cynically because they doubt everything, or they just want to win an argument, or they just want to prove you wrong. And we've talked about the old question, um, if God is all-powerful, can he make a rock too big for him to pick up? You know, the kind of questions that want to to stop an argument. I, I think we see a lot today. It's, it's interesting to me, as a baby boomer now who just turned 69, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, that in the 60s and then in the early 70s, the baby boomers were questioning everything. Now we've come to the point almost completely um, – we've almost completely turned the table so that those – the elites, those who are in charge – who think they're in charge don't want anything questioned. Mm-hmm. At least not they don't want their their view or their um, worldview questioned. Um, so I think we should expect uh, when we're encountering questions to expect cynical questions. We're going to you know uh, when I say cynical, they're cynical toward truth. They're cynical toward many things, and I don't think that should that shouldn't intimidate us. I just I, we say this by way more of just to 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 our listeners and to ourselves. Expect that. Yeah. No, don't go. Why wouldn't they? It's not don't like be afraid. they see things from your perspective anyway. Yeah. 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 So I also <coughs> think we see this as a, a right and left issue. So, you know, the, you it know, often is. And it often is. And unfortunately, in our society, everything's boiled down to politics. And so I agree with you. You disagree with me. Therefore, we can't get along. We can't have a discussion. 
And I think it's permeated in amongst our Christian body, and I think it's permeated our approach to even those who are just asking questions about the Christian faith. And so we often get a very antagonistic response, or our feathers get a little right. ruffled, and we we're, the hair on our back stands up, and we're yeah. we're starting to get a little antsy, and maybe our, our tone of our voice is getting a little bit yeah. you know strenuous, and and we're not sure what's oh you know, <laughs> so you know. that's what that's what we're going with because that's what we see all the time, and that's kind of the culture we live in. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were saying that of uh, the analogy of fishing. And if you go fishing, if you've ever done any fishing, if you fished all day and caught little or all you catch is little ones, you get in a school of small bluegill or, or crappie or whatever. And now, you, now in your mind, everything you catch is probably going to be small. I'm wasting my time. Right. But the truth is you never know what's going to bite the other end, right? And I think as we are fishers of men and women, we are we – are, we're looking to put the gospel out there, and I don't want to take that analogy too far, but we we get we can get to where we expect every question to be cynical, mm-hmm. but there – let's turn the tables there – that we get questions from the serious as well as the cynical. There are people who are seriously searching whether they are just curious by nature or whether – the word, the word of God, or the Spirit of God is dealing with them and bringing them along. Their questions are something we ought to be looking for. So instead of just expecting every question to be cynical, let's uh, let's know that we're going to encounter serious questions. And it may sound preposterous to us. I, I'm, you know, an old traditional kind of guy, and it can sound just preposterous. What a dumb question! What a, all that person wants is to argue. No, maybe right. not. Maybe, maybe not. not. And it, maybe they do, but hey, your okay. attitude, your be, spirit, and how you approach patient, it, yeah, listen, could actually make a difference. The spirit yeah. of God might use you in their life or them in your life to make yeah. a difference. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes it hurt just saying, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I know what I do know, but I don't know that. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about cynical questions, serious questions, and sometimes they might be a mixture of the two, you know. So we're encountering questions. Those They tend to fall in those two categories. More or less. Yeah. Okay, so what about embracing questions? So we encounter it. This is almost this personal, you know, we've talked about how we can get a little bit antsy and, and not really want to discuss it or – we respond in the wrong way. So now, if we don't want to do that, I guess we got to embrace it. So how do we embrace questions? And that's and that I think we have to mentally, emotionally, spiritually, prayerfully embrace questions that come our way. Um, and, and let's go back to something we referred to or alluded to earlier. First, the first thing we need to realize when we when we talk about embracing questions is the tendency, even the temptation to react to questions. I think that's almost 100%. I think that's human nature, and we Christians are not... Especially if it's not how we think. Right. We Christians are not uh, exempt from that. So um, we need to be aware that our tendency is if somebody questions something we believe, questions something we said, questions something that we feel like ought to be generally believed and accepted especially ten- among a certain group yeah yeah then the tendency is even the temptation is to react oh we never put people in our place now i don't consider myself all that adept at debate right but some people are 
and they can win the argument because they're, so just good. they're just good. They're good at it. And so let's let's avoid the temptation, the tendency and the temptation to react. Um, I've been involved in a lot of small groups, and this is moving more into the church realm, not really the non-believing realm. And it applies in most places. Right. And I remember in the past, years back, people would bring up things. Maybe they didn't think exactly how I did or predominantly how the group thought. And they would bring up things. And the tendency is, again, the feathers get ruffled. I'm going to set this person right. I'm going to set them straight. Now... Maybe, and I hope it's years of God's grace and mercy in my life and maturity that I've come to this point. Uh, uh. <laughs> but I, I really find myself, there's a calmness that comes over me. Right. I, I don't agree with it. The question, I can sense what it is. I don't maybe like it. But it's just like, a, oh, okay. Well, maybe explain to me why. Wh- what what's motivating this question. Or, you know, maybe... Maybe explain yourself a little more. I'm not understanding what you're saying, you know, and just kind of listening right. to because my temptation is to react. I want to be right. Yeah. Well, what you said actually leads us to the next point under this whole idea of embracing questions. That is the the discipline of responding to questions. And it does take discipline. It yeah. takes self control. Yeah. To say I'm not going to talk just yet. Yeah, sometimes we just need to shut up. Yes. Yeah, and and that's hard for us if we think we know something. And listening requires patience. Because and, you might say something you regret. Yeah, you you can say something you can't get back. Uh, you know, David re- referred to that. I think it was Psalm thirty nine, but he said, "While I was while I was musing, mm, the, the fire, fire burned." burned. Yeah. The, or one translation says the fire burned out. Um, you know, give us some time to give yourself. We should give ourselves some time to think through what's being said. Listen closely. You may you may hear something that you didn't hear at first. You may hear something that you weren't expecting. You hear what you expect often. You yes. get what we expect. Or hear what you want to hear. And so when we're encountering questions. Then and we're embracing questions. That means we're developing the discipline to respond, not react, which is more negative, but to respond, which is more patient and even loving. Well, know. we're all predisposed to a certain way of thinking. I think they call that presupposition. Mm-hmm. We're all, and we may have a predisposed way of responding in certain situations. Our personalities play into this. So I think for everyone, it's going to be different in how they respond. Some people just don't talk. Right. <laughs> you know, but, so yeah. that, that's easier for them. Maybe they need to say a little bit more, ask better questions. I think in either extreme and somewhere in the middle, the idea of embracing the question and being willing to engage in it in a very <clears throat> humble, gracious kind. You look at what Jesus did with the Pharisees and how he engaged with them with more questions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and they didn't like him any better. In fact, nope. I think they hated him more. But the people around learned something. They sure did. And, his and who disciples, knows who got converted out of that? But his disciples learned more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think... He had a ragtag group. Then they they were ready to just you know whatever you know they're gonna yeah. go after it. And you know Jesus calmed down. You know, and so I, I just think that's a prime example for us biblically on what it means to engage in questions. They're gonna come away. You're gonna right. get them. Are you ready? The Pharisees. It reminds me of that time when they tried to put Jesus on the spot. And I, I'm <laughs> not sure if they asked if he was the Messiah. 
And uh, he said, well, I'll also ask you a question. Yeah. And so, you answer my question, I'll answer your question. And they couldn't. <laughs> yeah. And they said, that's eh, not worth it. <laughs> yeah, we're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we, we need to ask for wisdom to be savvy in the right way. Not smart aleck, not – Right. But shrewd, biblically shrewd, and that's going to lead us to our next thought. Okay, so we encounter questions. We must embrace <coughs> questions. They're going to come, like it or not. Um, encouraging questions. So this is a different way of looking at this. We should almost, I guess what I'm, I'm hearing from this point that we're making is we should foster people who ask questions. We should engage people who ask questions. If we're in the church, we should encourage people to ask questions. We should be looking for the people outside in the world who want to ask questions. Encourage question asking. Yeah, in some ways we've already said one thing, and that when we embrace questions, we encourage questions. I I was thinking of something Christian said in our interview our discussion with him, he talked about children asking questions. Yes, yes. And he loves it when young people ask questions. And, and we should be, as parents, hmm. um, we should encourage our children to ask questions. I, I, One of the things when you were you and your brother were younger, I would ask you questions about – you would make statements that I might agree with, but I would ask questions about that to see if you knew why you Almost were saying – Almost like you were playing the devil's advocate. Yeah, I did. And I, and, <laughs> but we would get somewhere with that. And right. And I think you guys have learned uh, over the years yourself to be receptive to and and encouraging of questions. And now you have a son. You have a daughter who's not yet at that point, but you've got a son now who's interacting with you. He's asking questions. Oh, he is. Trust me. And he wants answers. And so – and you're you're encouraging those questions, you know? And and, – I don't really have two sub-points here. We don't really have, like, A and B, but – here, this one thing will encourage questions. Be biblical. If you're biblical in your speech, in your in your worldview, in your life, you don't have to worry about questions. You'll encourage questions. They will come. I, and there's a, the reason that I thought of what Paul said to the Corinthians, uh, because the natural person does not receive the things of God. For uh, he, uh, he cannot know them. There's foolishness to him. Right. He cannot know them. Why? Because they're spiritually discerned or spiritually mm. appraised. He doesn't have the equipment to to understand spiritual truth. Mm. He's not equipped for it. She's not equipped for it. Now, so what do we do? When we speak biblically and when we act biblically, well, we're, we're going to get the question. Let's go back to what we we quoted from Peter. Be ready always. Peter assumes we're living biblically, we're speaking biblically, we're applying biblical truth to our lives, and what's going to happen? People are going to ask questions. Is it possible that we, as people who are encouraging questions, encountering questions, embracing questions, will actually be strengthened in our own worldview, in our own fundamental biblical sound thinking? I think so. I think truth (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking of a quote from the the movie um, um, Dickens' Christmas Carol, and one of the spirits says to uh, Scrooge, "Truth lives. Mm. Truth lives." You know, he tries to cover the light of truth because it, it's making right. him miserable. But ultimately, he tries to snuff it out. But ultimately, the truth gets him, mm. and uh, people can do. Jesus Himself said, "People can do nothing for or against the truth." 
the truth is. And we can, we can be confident we're going to talk about that some next time in the truth. We don't have to be intimidated. You, to, you say, well, what if I don't, I'm not able to answer a question? That's okay, because we don't know it all either. That's, you know, um, there's more to this than us. So basically, whether you're a pastor, father, mother, husband, wife, seeing young person, co-worker, gauging the lost, among the believers, encourage questions. Right. Yeah. Embrace them. Encourage them. You're going to encounter them. Don't run so from them. So be ready them. for them. Yeah. Yeah. And be ready in the sense that you expect them, and then be as ready as you can by being saturated with biblical truth. Well, the Bible says be ready always to give an answer. An answer. For the I, reason. I, th- I think if it, you're going to be ready to give an answer, then you're probably anticipating questions. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's uh, – and that's, that's it. Facing questions, asking questions, you know, is, is part of being a thoughtful Christian. Yeah. Amen. Well, we're actually going to give our listeners extra time. We're finishing early today. Did we? <laughs> yeah, we did. Really? So we just give them a little extra time. We, 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 not quite much, but oh, hey. Actually, originally, cr- Crosstalk supposed to be 15 minutes. We right? just give ourselves <laughs> back in the day. We just give ourselves more credit for the future. So we'll just call it that. <laughs> we do thank you for joining us today, and we'll look forward to joining you, Lord willing, next week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.